love you. Oh, hey, oh, hey, welcome back there, Couch Potatoes. Come on in, sit down, have a seat with us. Uh, today we are uh, we're talking two films that are going to show truly to all of you how much of a critic I am and how, how little I connect with all of you lovely audience members out there. <laughs> how little? <laughs> I am the Green Traveler, not to be confused with the Green Knight, from Gorsh. And I... I'm the faceless Leon from this side of the internet. Um, this is Green and Faceless on the Couch. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's a podcast about movies and TV, and we're talking about some legends. Some epic legends, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and let, let me explain why this is the, uh, this will probably be the episode where you'll see how clearly I am more in line with critics than with audiences because mm-hmm. we're talking the green knight and we're america the motion picture which i almost always forget that fucking name and to put it up front the way i feel about these movies the general audience will feel the exact opposite i, I know for a fact that uh the green knight the general audience felt the exact opposite as me because I watched it in theaters. It's the only area you can watch, uh, except it's going to be streaming now. So by the right. time we watched it, it was only in theaters. Streamable now, and I definitely recommend going out to st- uh, watch it. It's going to be going out to stream it. Yeah, yeah. I say it's streamable, but it's rentable. It right. Am I back? Am I back? Am I scratching my head? Yeah, you're. It seems like you're slow, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you are scratching your head. Okay, if I'm still scratching my head, then it's it's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're having we're having technical difficulties as always. <laughs> as always, as always. Uh, but you know, hey, if you visit Patreon.com/slash/GreenFaceless, maybe you can help us out, and we won't eventually. If we get enough of you. To, you know, as some say, buy us some coffees once a month, then that would be really helpful for us. <laughs> and you get to vote on a monthly episode called The Potato Pit. Yeah. But yeah, we are hoping to get better equipment, maybe get in the same room. Or at the very least, at the very least, if we get locked down again, at the very least, get beautiful internet so we can beautiful just Beautiful internet. Perfect. <laughs> We're both running on like mid-tier Midwestern emptiness. oh shit yeah it's 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 rentable out there it is yeah it's not it's technically streamable but you have to pay like twenty dollars for it i think it's worth the price i don't know if the general audience would if you're a huge king arthur fan i don't know why i'm giving my closing statement up front but if you're a huge king arthur fan you'll definitely love the green knight yeah yeah you gotta check it out and i I think i would rather talk green knight first if you're okay with that yeah no i'm Um, totally good with that get the energy high I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about America the Motion Picture that I can wait. <laughs> I'm also very excited uh, to talk to Green Knight. So yeah, if if you love hearing me shit about films, just just wait. You know, just you, you know, <laughs> this episode will be worth it. It will be. It will totally be. I hope. I hope so. I hope my rant and rave is perfect for you. But with the Green Knight, I know that my opinion's differing. Because when the credits rolled, I like stood up from my seat in the theater. I was like, fuck yeah, that was great. And I turned around and I saw nothing but confused faces. <laughs> and everybody, there were some people who looked visibly angry. There were some people who were just like scratching their heads, like actually scratching their heads, not just like looking confused, but like they were sitting there like, what the fuck? You know, it's. And then as I was leaving, I heard one of the people that was in the theater with me say, I just don't get it what does it mean what do you mean what does it mean it's a coming of age tale (laughs) all it means is that he discovered what it meant to be chivalrous to be it's about integrity is really what it boils down to it's it's one of my favorite of the romance night tales or whatever they call them Mm -hmm. nobody knows who wrote this tale like it no. It's been around for so long. In fact, originally it didn't even have a title. This movie has so much loyalty to that story, while at the same time has some really wild differences that 
uh, yeah. really make the film its own story. Yeah. The main one being like Gawain himself. I mean, yeah. Uh, they, they, I think they pronounced it Ga- Gawain. Gawain. Right? Like, uh, it's almost, you almost have like an Gawain. R. The guy who played Arthur yeah. had a, had a major R with it. Hey, now he, he wasn't, he wasn't Arthur. He was the oh, king. Oh, he's king. They yes, were very, right. they were very uh, careful. But yeah. Sean Harris, I think, I loved his accent in it. His accent was the best for me, I thought. he Was he really, the king? Yeah, he was the king. Yeah, he was great. I really loved yeah. him. He he plays like he, – I mean, he's obviously is King Arthur, but they, they credited right. him as the king. And he, he plays him towards the end of his life. There is a, there's a challenge. The Green Knight shows up and makes a challenge. And- On Christmas. On Christmas, that's right. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's so much more to it, but like uh, he plays an older king – and that's why he doesn't accept the challenge himself, you know, that because he plays this right. older version of King Arthur. Again, the biggest difference of the story, though, as I was saying, was is Gawain. He accepts the challenge in King Arthur's stead. And in this movie, it's it's more to, I think, to find a story. It's been a long time since I've watched it. It's been a couple of weeks. He sees all of these knights about him who have these legendary tales and they're all just huge icons. And this is his chance, I think, in, in a way. There's there's a lot more to it right. with his mom, who they also change because it's not it's not. I'm, I'm going to get the names wrong. It's not Morgane or Morgana Le Fay who does the curse to make the Green Knight stale story take its take a take effect. It's his mom. I don't remember her name. Yeah, they did Morgause. Well, they don't. They uh, it looks like they just credit her as mother, but I I can't remember. But anyways, yeah, uh, he did. It is the king's sister, so it, there he had a couple sisters in the lore. But it, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes Morgan Le Fay is his sister, or they morph those characters together in some tales. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying in the original. Well, the original, as in like the first written uh, Green Knight tale, right? It's Morgana Le Fay who does the the Green Knight story, who who sets. Right. Uh, who who makes everything take place? Right, she's the hag in the castle. Exactly, and and in this, it's not Morgana. It's it's his it's his mother. Right, which is which was interesting. You know, I think they just kind of cut some superfluous details they didn't need in that in that right. area. But I, I I've mentioned so many times that I, I keep forgetting to say it. The, the what makes Gawain different though is in the story, he is like the epitome of chivalry. Exactly. Yeah, and in the movie. He is not. He he learns chivalry on the journey. That's his coming of age. Is like he right. sees all these different steps, all these different events, yeah. and that's what makes him more chivalrous. In fact, in this movie, he's not even a knight yet. In the story, he's one of the knights of the Round Table. But right. in the movie, yeah, he hasn't even gotten to that point yet. But he's kind of a shoo-in because he's a nephew to the king. The thing that really I liked about Sean Harris's King is that it, he decided that he wanted to get to know Garwin. So he sits him down and asks for his story and he doesn't have any. And so now this becomes his story. It all sets it up. So I kind of watched the movie and this might be a bit of a spoiler that the king was in on it with his mother to make this story happen. Right. It definitely felt less like the king being hoodwinked by a Right. You know, by a hag in the castle. Exactly. As you said, like it was him helping Garwin find his story. And that's that's kind of like the whole thing is, is like it's set up to make you think that there is evil intent behind everything. But at the same time, you just don't know if that's true because you don't know anybody's motivations. Right. And and I love that. This is just Garwin's story. You know, when, whenever he is having a conversation, all of the background is muddled out. You don't hear the right. knights having story. You don't hear them talking. You just hear what Garwin is focused on because it's his right. tale. We don't know anyone else's motivations. And I fucking love that about this movie. He, David David Lowry is the director. Uh, he did Peach Dragon and a Ghost Story. I haven't seen either of them, honestly. I just I've- uh, The new Peach Dragon is pretty decent. I, I haven't seen. I want to. I, I think this is better than that. And, and I heard uh, about a Ghost Story. A lot of people called it very pretentious. And you do see a lot of pretentious oh, filmmaking sure. with oh, definitely. The Green Knight. Yeah, it, it's very much like a high art film. But you can tell it's just made with so much passion. Like, it's just so 
good. And I think that maybe we should talk about the challenge. What exactly the challenge yeah. is. The Green Knight bursts in. This is very similar to the tale. In fact, this is almost verbatim for the tale. He he bursts right. in. The knights all like get up to defend the king. And the king's like, put your weapons away. He doesn't want to kill anybody on Christmas. He's he's not. He also shows that he's not there to hurt anybody. The Green Knight. And the challenge is for one of the people in the room. I don't know if it's directed at King Arthur in the story, but he in the story he actually volunteers. King Arthur does to to take up the challenge. But Garwin or Gawain, uh, Gawain, Gawain. The, the our our inter- modern <laughs> interpretation is Gawain, right? I, I'm right. getting confused on it. I like, I really like Garwin, I have to say. Anyhow, Garwin steps in and takes the challenge. The challenge being, they can take any strike as hard as they can, one strike free against the Green Knight, but they have to come to the Green Chapel and let him repay that strike one year from that day. And he gives Garwin his head, and without flinching, Allows Garwin to decapitate him. But yeah. because he's a fey creature or whatever, his head just rolls off and he picks it up and puts it right back on and says, See you in a year. Yeah, and it laughs like the sleeping, the 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 uh, headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow. He laughs like that right in offset. Oh my God, it was so funny. I loved it. Yeah, it's like, Gotcha! <laughs> just <laughs> took off. It was great. And it's like, I don't know. I felt, I always felt like when I read this story that that moment was actually where the lesson was. It's like he yeah. asked you to take, to make a strike against you and he would repay the strike. You could have just poked him in the fucking shoulder. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> you could have just slapped him on, slapped him on the butt. Yeah. 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 You could have, yeah. You could have done fucking anything. Cut his ear off. Like, I mean, yeah. if you want to, if you wanted to feel like more real, more honorable, honorable. Yeah, he was just he was presented this opportunity. If he didn't strike him dead, then like, I guess in that in that time, what kind of man was he if he didn't take that opportunity to strike sure. down his his sure, enemy? Could be, I guess. Could be. But I also want to talk about the the beauty of the Green Knight because his costume design, like his mm. character design. As you say, he's he's a fake creature. He's very like he looks like a tree person kind of. You know, right. he's got that that gnarled skin. Oh, it looked so good. Like great design work on yeah. him. Like it, fucking brilliant. Some people out there will know what I'm talking about, but the old pagan god, the green man, that's that if you see images of him, that's what he looked like. Uh but you know, yeah. It had definitely had its own particular flavor. If you mix that with Groot a little bit, definitely looks like uh, Ralph Ineson. The the man who plays the Green Knight. And yeah. speaking of, Dev Patel is Gawain. And yes. I love Dev Patel. Yeah, I love Dev great. Patel, but this was this was my favorite performance by him. Of all everything I've seen, like I loved his performance as Gawain. It was so good. Like you, you could just really see his good. yeah every lesson he makes like is just like so broadcast on his face like you know he, there's this one moment where he asks he helps this uh, woman he meets his spirit and you know, she's like hey my head's at the bottom of this lake can you bring that back to my body and set my spirit free and he's like yeah sure and he goes well he doesn't there's more to it than yeah sure but he yeah. he gets down to the lake and before he dives in he turns around and he's just like. What's my reward for this? And she's like, you don't ask that. And he was just like, yeah. oh, 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 oh. He, you could just see on his face. He's like, yeah. fuck, that was the wrong thing to say. You know, that's yeah. that's a lesson he learns. When somebody has a has a need, you don't ask for a reward. You just help them. That's yeah. you know, that's another that's another step to him learning how to be a knight. And it's you know, it's just beautiful little pieces of of chivalry, just like little right. lessons of chivalry he has to learn. Another thing that I really loved. And it took me a while to figure this out, and I'm a, I'm a little ashamed. Of it, but when they show the title card of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, right? They show like seven or eight. I can't remember how many it's sections of this movie there are, but there's a lot of flashes of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, or Sir yeah. Gawain and dot dot dot. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. 
it's like a different background, a different font styling each time, and it, they just flash it rapid fire. And there's so many of them. And I was like, whoa, that is a very bold choice. I don't know what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not sure how I liked it, but I what they did the other half of it, I liked. Yeah, when I figured out what it was, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a great choice because all it is is this film is a segment of short films, basically. There's so many different segments to this film, different chapters, if you will. And each yeah, chapter has another has another intro that is dot, 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 you know, the title of the chapter. So each chapter is technically titled Sir Gawain and the Talking Fox or Sir Gawain and the Green Knight at the very end. Yeah. I, I love that decision. Like when I figured it out what it was, which again was around the third or fourth chapter <laughs> title card. And I was like, oh, that's why they flashed so many of those at the beginning. And I was like, man, I wish I had counted those so I knew how much I have left. But still, <laughs> I just I thought it was a great. There, there's so many like very bold directorial like edit decisions. I just thought that was one of the the better ones. There, there's another editorial decision where there's a very long shot of Dev Patel uh, riding away with his horse, uh, sauntering away technically with his horse, and it is a very very long shot where nothing happens, but <laughs> Dev Patel is riding a horse and. That one, I was just like, all right, you might be able to cut this shot. Like, I don't get anything from it. But <laughs> that's just that's just one of those pretentious filmmaking decisions where it's like, I want a really long shot. I, I, I've, I've directed some short films. I've done some really long shots that need, didn't need to be long shots. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, definitely. But, you know, that's because y- you get drawn in. It's like, it's, yeah. there's got to be one. There's got to be one. There's got to be just the least. <laughs> Even if it's just my character running off into the forest for 20 seconds. I really feel like we could probably gab like really do a deep dive on this movie to be perfectly yeah. honest. Uh but I do think maybe for this this episode we should leave some for them, but I really really am aching to talk about the ending yeah so do you think we should put up a spoiler wall yeah i do let's put up a very quick spoiler wall so we could talk the ending hear ye hear ye to avoid spoilers go to 2945 what what it is up and so let us talk it we begin all right so the ending of the green knight they they do that forward flash sequence thing. Right. Which if you, it, okay, maybe I should explain that for people who decided that they might not see this movie. Do you mind if I set it up for you? Yeah. Sure. So he, he finally gets to the Green Knight. And in the in the process of that, you know, in that year, I mean, it's not a year's worth of journey, but it's like a month's journey to get to the Green Knight. He comes across this uh, this husband and a wife out and, you know, they're out in the woods. I, I think he's like a lord or something. I can't remember. But he's a lord. Yes. While he's hunting, his wife tries to seduce Gawain. And yeah. Gawain, you know, he's not he he's definitely attracted by her, but he doesn't think it's the right thing to do. But he does, you know, she does seduce him. And he comes on a rag, and she uses that to make a spell that will protect him. He will be forever protected. You know, nothing can harm him, I think, is the... Okay, that's kind of a generalization, but I'm pretty sure the sash was already enchanted. Because it was exactly like the sash that he got from his mother, and that was stolen. So, she was just trying to seduce him. I, I think for this particular scene, it's most it's more about the subtext than re- what was actually being said. Because the lady was really trying to... She was, she was seducing him, but also offering him this sash. She mentioned that it was already uh, enchanted, if I remember. But she, she just off screen. She's jerking him off with with the sash. I think she was trying to see how much he wanted the sash over her. And as he was coming, he said that he wanted the sash, and he rips it off her. I and then she has this very disappointed face look on her face. <laughs> so I think she right. was trying to to get more out of that because you know she's yeah. not she's not sexually. What's the word I want? Sexually satisfied by jerking him off. Like <laughs> the, right. the whole time that he's been there, 
she's been trying to seduce him. So I hate to bring up that that, sh- that is Alicia Vikander. I love Alicia Vikander. She is an amazing actor. Hate bringing it up. I'm though. so happy to see her again. I hate bringing it up in that scene particularly because see, there's so uh, many other oh, scenes gotcha. that she's yeah, in she is, that she yeah. is she, that she's brilliant in. I hate bringing up that during a during the handjob scene that that's who, who plays her. But did she also play his the, the prostitute that he liked that he frequented? I don't think so, but I'm not sure because I can't. F- I thought she would be kind of high up on the. The cast list, and I'm not finding her, but they say Essel and the lady for, like, there's a slash mark. So, I thought maybe. Maybe. I don't remember, honestly. Again, it's been a long time since I saw it, sadly. Sure. And then let me ask you this, too. Ralph Innocent also played the Lord, right? I Again, I don't, I don't know. I can't okay. remember. Well, I thought he did. Thought that's who the Lord was. Well, I I mentioned that I asked that because in the story, in the they don't actually put it out there in detail at the end of the movie. But the Green Knight was this Lord magically changed by Morgan Le Fay. Oh, gotcha. So that's why I it's thought not- it was Ralph Innocent, and it, they both look the same. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I mean, it, it might have been. It could have been again. A couple of weeks since I watched it, so I don't know. See me, see me. Joel Egerton played the Lord. Uh-huh. But when he when he goes out to when when Gawain leaves from from her uh, bedchambers with the cum covered sash that'll protect him forever, <laughs> he he meets the Lord in the woods, and and part of the agreement was uh, he had to give the Lord whatever he got in the castle or something along those yes. lines. It's it's yeah, long winded. Also part of the story. Yeah, and in the story, he gets a kiss from the uh, from the right lady and he gives he gives the lord a kiss in the movie yes. he just gives the lord a kiss and he chooses to give him a kiss instead of the sash that, or the sash that he got that would protect right. him and the hand job and the hand job exactly <laughs> <laughs> and so when he gets to the green knight though he's wearing this sash that'll protect him from any blow so he is kind of you know he's kind of cheating the system here because he is supposed to receive this on equal ground yeah. And so so when he kneels to accept the the equal blow, he's kind of cheating the system and that's that sets up the ending that you right. were going to talk about. So, okay, and and just before uh further setup, the original tale, very similar with the 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 lady does give him an enchanted sash, but this is the first in- introduction of the enchanted sa- sash. And it's also takes place over three three periods of hunting. The first one, she gives him a kiss. He gives him a kiss. Second one, I don't think that it was just two kisses. And then the third one, uh, she gives him three kisses and the sash. And he gives him all the kisses, but he keeps the sash. And I don't remember if the line that the Lord says in this movie is in the story, but he says, are you sure there's nothing else that you're supposed to give me? And the look on his face and also the interpretation I've always had of that, that part of the story was that the Lord was interested in Garwin and knew that his wife would try to seduce him and was like, mm-hmm. we're going to play around like, you know, noble people do because they yeah. can. Um, but okay. The ending. <clears throat> so he flinches, Garwin flinches and the knight's like, Hey, I didn't flinch at all. Come on, man. Balls up. He then goes to do it again, and Garwin is like, no, fuck no, and he runs away. Eventually, the king dies. Right. inherits the throne. And they show his, basically his entire life until he decides to take off the sash, and his head rolls off. And then we come back to the Green Chapel, and he's like, wait a minute. And he takes off the sash, and then the Green Knight's like, very well done. And he said... Now, off with your head. Credits. That's the end of the fucking movie. He says, now off with your head, and then with two fingers hits him on the neck, and that's the credits. Okay, I don't think I saw the hand. I don't think I saw the hand, because I was going to complain about it. Because I was like, that is not satisfactory. Yeah, I don't know if he actually gets his head cut off, or if that's all the the Green Knight was going to do. I don't even know if he hits it for me. If that oh you don't you don't know if you actually saw that 
I don't I don't know if he hit him on the neck. I remember he held his, his two fingers up though and said, "And now, off with your head." And that's when the credit when it pops up and says, "And the Green Knight." And that's when the, all the the credits roll. And yeah. like I just loved it. I thought it was great because earlier in the movie. There's a moment where Gawain is tied up by some uh, bandits. They they right. rob him. They tie him up. They leave him gagged. And there is a very slow pan from a bound and gagged Gawain. And it just circles around the environment that he's in. And you see the bandits running off in the distance. You see the forest around him. Leaves start blowing around. And, you know, you get this feeling of change. And by the time the camera pans back to Gawain, it's a bound and gagged skeleton. You know, so much yeah. time has passed that he is dead. And then the camera goes all the way back around. And when it comes back, it is Gawain again in life, you know, alive. Yeah. And he, he's, he's, he's seen his future if he doesn't act and free himself. Yeah. And so he, he right. crawls forward and frees himself. And yeah. so I enjoy the flash. I enjoyed both part, both of those elements of his, his imagination, really. I, yeah. I thought that those were both brilliantly added into the story what gets me i'm sorry you you go ahead and finish your point yeah because what i was saying was when i when that scene was happening the audience around me i could hear and feel them getting more angry as the as that final flash through his through his life if he had run away from the green knight as that was as the that ending was going on they were all getting mad i could feel it because he showed cowardice. He ran away. They wanted to see him get get hit or what was going to happen. And he had run away right. and became king and like everything was shit. And they're like, this is a terrible fucking ending. Me, I was sitting there and rem- remembering that panning scene where you saw his right. skeleton and we pan back around and you, and you see that he's like, fuck, I have to act. I can't die right here. And so I knew I knew it was going to come back. Right. For me too, like I, I had forgotten the skeleton scene at the, that point. But because the way it was being told, the way it was being summarized in super fast motion, I knew that this wasn't where the story was going to end. Exactly. That would be horrible. So, (laughs) like, I knew it was going to circle back somehow. Like, even if it was old old man Garwin going back to the Green Chapel. And and that would have also been kind of satisfactory to me. Like, that would have been different from the story and I would have enjoyed that. So I want to talk one more difference with the story and that it is this ending. So it's like the exact opposite in the story. He goes down with this sash, lets the uh, Green Knight take his swing and he stays intact. And the Green Knight says, listen, like Garwin all of a sudden gets upset and feels like he did cheat the Green Knight. And the Green Knight says, listen, you came. You, you took the journey here. I still hold you as uh, the most, I don't know if it, it was noblest of the knights or virtuous of the knights, something along those lines. How, you know, they each kind of seem to represent a certain virtue in some of the stories. So it could right. have been that particular wording, but I forget. But anyways, I love that ending. Like he shows that he's human and the Green Knight says, it's okay. You, you did a great job. And I like that this is different. And I like that he takes off the belt and, and chooses that and that that's different. It's the exact ending that I'm a little, was a little salty with was like, oh, okay. So he improves as a character and then he's still going to die. Yeah. But the finger thing, if you did actually see that, that is actually in the film, I think yeah. that makes it more satisfying. It's like, you, yeah. you learned your lesson. I don't know. I really fucking enjoyed it when when that happened. When it when it got back, when when the the flash forward cut and it, we we came back to the present day, and Dev is like, nope, takes the sash off. He's like, now you can take your swing. I don't right. know. It was just such a satisfying moment for me that I was yeah. just like, yes, yeah. Like, him taking off the sash, very satisfying. And I like. You know, I again, I, I like the off with your head ending. I I hope that I'm correct about the the fingers. I've just that might be right. me reimagining what I felt in the theater because that's how I took it was that he wasn't actually going to cut his head off. That was right. him learning the lesson. Off with your yeah. head meant off with the off with the past you. You are off now a knight. Ego. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You are you are now a knight. You've learned your you've learned what it means to be yeah. chivalrous. You have a story. Yeah. Off you go, like. Head back out there. Oh, yeah. Another thing about the story element real quick is like the the 
the Lord and the Lady were like, you're renowned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of this story. And and they did like yeah. puppet shows and shit like that. Well, should, we should probably close. I mean, I like I said before. Yeah, let's tear the wall down and close. Yeah, we could talk forever on this. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I give it four stars. This is this is the kind of film I fucking love. Like, first off, I'm a huge King Arthur fan. I love King Arthur. And yes, this isn't as loyal, or this isn't like incredibly loyal to the original story. But in regards to the spirit of a King Arthur Knight's Tale story, this is as loyal as you can fucking get. Yeah, this is like it, it, there's for sure with with making it different, with making it compelling. Like if it was just yeah. Goody Two Shoe Man going off, I don't think it would be as compelling. Yeah, and and there's some good like just very background world building there's a scene where he meets the giants and it yeah. just awed me it was so interesting that was cool i would want to know more about that i don't know yeah what i do feel like that woman the lady and the prostitute that wanted to become his lady were the same i think they were all alicia vikander i'm not sure yeah maybe did you have a connecting point to that in Giants? <laughs> uh, no, I think she. I think she was that lady giant that talked to him. That's, oh, the, that's she what, was the giant. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think gotcha. She okay, I thought you were talking about the lady in the. Okay, I was just like, you just started talking about the lady and <laughs> the lady you wanted to be. With. I, I like, want to talk what? about Giants, Blake. Come on. <laughs> I introduced giants and you went back to the lady. <laughs> I wish they did more yeah, with the giants though, but it was very interesting yeah. and very surreal. Yeah, there's just – yeah, it, surreal is the right word. This world – the world that they set up is just very surreal. There's a talking – you know, the fox talks and I loved that. I mean, it was yeah. kind of spoiled for me in one of the trailers, but it was it was great. I and, forgot you know, It reminded fox. me – I don't. I don't remember what the movie's name is, but there's a Willem Dafoe movie with a talking fox that's just so fucking ludicrous. Oh my god! I remember, I sh- I've showed you the video. That it's so funny. But to get back to my closing with the Green Knight, I give it four stars. I think David Lowry did a great job directing. Uh, the cinematographer is Andrew Draws per- uh, Palermo. Beautiful. This film looked great. You know, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're fucking hired, man. No, it it looked beautiful. Great effects. Great design. Characters were great. Great acting. I just, I loved everything about this movie. It was made for somebody like me. So, I agree. It was 100% made for someone like me. I loved it from the beginning up to that last moment that I kind of complained about behind the wall. And the way that you describe it, your experience seemed a little bit different. And I'm repeating myself. But anyhow, I enjoyed it. I'm tempted to give it a face and a half. I really want to give it a face and a half. And I feel like if I watched it two or three more times, it would get a face and a half. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I was just <laughs> a little irked by the ending. I thought it was so I, I – and the thing is like I feel a little hypocritical even by saying that because I've written stories – that kind of end on that note, like a, like almost right. a, a punchline kind of thing. And I've yeah. had people say, Hey, that's t- super unsatisfying. And, and <laughs> now being on the audience side of it, I'm, I'm with that. I, I felt yeah. like it needed just a couple, a couple lines more. I would have been more satisfied. Yeah. It only works with Stephen King horror tales. <laughs> that's how that's typically how he ends a lot of his horror story or her horror novels with is with like a, a a horror zine you know a one-liner that's just like ooh, it gets under your skin but it works with horror because again it gets under your skin it makes you right, think about yeah. fuck what happens to the character in that very last moment like are they dead do they get out of there yeah, fuck like, oh shit know, if steven stopped talking about it they're most certainly dead. like every single goosebumps ever yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of goosebumps america the motion picture. Oh God, that was t- terrible segue. <laughs> it doesn't give it. If it gives me anything, it, it gives me goosebumps of like vomit, like constantly vomiting. Yeah, yeah and no, like I, that. no, they're not good goosebumps. I okay. I I'm to give it its credit. I had some pretty decent laughs. I thought the absurdity got to me definitely, and I think that there's a lot of people out there. They're going to love this movie. I do have one problem with it, 
and that's it. the this nation is so undereducated <laughs> as it just is. one problem <laughs> my major problem with it is that the under undereducation of your audience this is not going to help them <laughs> That's no, gonna make it make with. Yeah, I, I don't recommend anyone go see this film for that reason alone, because <laughs> they don't they don't do a good enough job of broadcasting how fucking absurd it is. No, yeah, that the to. idiots that yeah. the idiots who don't know proper history they'll watch this and be like, yeah, this is just an absurd take on actual history. Yeah, no, this is it's yeah. so fucking skewed. It is just. They, they just pick and choose good things and just toss it all in there and just it's put a it blender. in a giant fucking meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. Oh, uh, should I And here's the sad thing the too. Plot? I didn't Yeah, yeah, you should, but like the the sad thing before you do that, the sad thing is I didn't know anything about this. You you mentioned wanting to watch it. You said, "Hey, we should we should tag this on with a movie somewhere." And I said, "Yeah, sure." I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't look up anything about this. I was surprised. I just I... the only thing I saw was before I hit play. I saw it was directed by Matt Thomas uh, Thompson, who is a he, he. I don't I don't remember exactly his role on Archer, but he was a writer and executive producer on Archer, the TV show, which I love. Great yeah. humor, great show. Went on a little too long, if you ask me. I haven't watched the last few seasons. But it was good. It was yeah. a very fun and hilarious animation show. And so I was like, okay, Matt Thomas, this is his directorial debut. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And within the first five minutes, I thought, okay, this is absurd. I can get behind this. Yeah. And after five more minutes, I was like, when the fuck is this gonna end? I'm done with this already because it, <laughs> it it kind of plays it kind of plays like a Family Guy. What are they called? The their their reference. Oh, their jokes. shout outs. Reference reference jokes. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a Family Guy reference joke where it's like they 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 do some weird just cut pan to something else, and it, you know you're at a different scene and you have this little reference and it just lasts like thirty seconds and you get a little like huh right. that was funny out of it. If that was it. You know, that's if that was just a thirty second joke, I would have laughed at this. American the motion picture, I would have laughed at. They made <laughs> a, a, like an hour and thirty six or an hour and forty just agonizing like minutes. Extended a Family Guy joke, like the uh, okay. So uh, let me let me go ahead and and get into the plot of this. So Abraham Lincoln, who shouldn't be in this story. Uh, really is against taxation without representation. Uh, also played by Will Forte, and I have to say, I love Will Forte. I, I think his yeah, voice I is do, hilarious. I do. Okay, I will give, <laughs> I will give this movie one great compliment. The voice acting was brilliant, it's phenomenal. It is, it is. That is the yeah. one compliment I will give this movie. Great voice acting from everybody around. That's it. That's so all this ridiculous. movie's getting from me. Uh, so he pals around with uh, meathead George Washington, Channing Tatum, and then he gets murdered by Benedict Arnold, the werewolf played by Andy Samberg, um, yeah. and <laughs> and then uh, George becomes the leader. Yeah, let's say that again though. Benedict, Benedict Arnold, Arnold, the the biggest traitor in American history is mm -hmm. a werewolf. Yes. And he they also accredit him with killing Abraham Lincoln, who wasn't born yet. And um <laughs> <laughs> at the fourth theater. Uh, and I love like the, the product placement with some of this shit. Like the fourth theater has yeah. like the, the old Ford Mustang thing. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> So, George Washington decides that he needs to uh, take up the call. I can't remember. There is some other character that convinced him of this. Uh, I think it was yeah. Martha Washington, played by Judy Greer. Anyhow, She's he got convinced to move forward with Lincoln's plans, even though he really had no idea what he was doing. So, he gathers uh, Samuel Adams, played by Jason Manzukas, Paul Revere, played by Bobby Moynihan. And also Thomas Edison, played by Olivia 
Munn. So yes, Thomas Edison is female in this and also born way earlier than they're supposed to be. Yeah, I kind of liked I kind of liked female Thomas, Thomas Edison. Edison. Like I thought I thought yeah. that was a funny choice. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, "All right, okay, I'm okay with this." That was a, that was a Yeah. And again, she like, was and Thomas Edison is Asian in this as well. And there are some racist jokes around that, but it's yep. all to set up this joke at the end of the movie where <laughs> Sam Adams gets to say, look, I'm not racist anymore. And that did yeah. make me laugh, but I don't think I've laughed in a way that they wanted me to laugh. Or maybe I did. You know, they're comedians. I think, they don't. Yeah. Really I think I like rolled my eyes so hard. I like. I like set my right eye out of focus, like out of the line for the next like three days. It hurts you. It this was movie yeah. hurts you. Yeah. This movie really hurt me. I do I don't wanna forget Geronimo and he's he uh was called Blacksmith throughout the movie, but he is John Henry, played by Raul Max Trujillo Trujillo. I'm sorry. I took seven years of Spanish and I'm still the worst. And uh, <laughs> Killer Mike played John Henry. And nice. am I saying that right? John Henry? John Henry? I think okay. so. Paul Bunyan was also in this movie and I get their names mixed up. But he was he was only in at the, the bottle scene at the end and watching him and Babe like go through. Oh my God. It's just so fucking ridiculous. That's the basic plot. <laughs> I'm not going to go further into the plot. I watched America the Motion Picture like t- not that many days ago. Like it was really recent uh-huh. compared to The Green Knight. And The Green Knight has stuck with me. I remember so much about it. I've been thinking about it. Not not like every day. Like, you know, I'm not a weirdo. But like I, I have been there. There have been occasions where I have to stop and think about like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this part of The Green Knight. Oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. With America the Motion Picture, I don't even remember the plot. <laughs> I don't. It's and I watched it's a very it all. Loose plot. The plot it's is if stupid. you're gonna put it out in like like you know goals and whatever, is that they're gonna try to have the revolution, and in order to make that happen, they just throw out flyers to people, and then they yeah. fight against King James, who wasn't even king at the time. Played no, by Simon that wasn't. That was another thing that irritated me. Like again, okay. I know people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, "Greg, it's obviously just absurdist. Like, just accept it, turn your brain off, and just laugh." I know, I know, people can do that. Yeah, but this is just stupid, absurd. There's no purpose for any of this. You know what? It, fe- it felt like fucking like a YouTube or a TikTok video. Like, I, it's just out of sync with what I understand. <laughs> just, I I couldn't. I, I couldn't comprehend why any of this movie had to happen like where was the where was the point of this movie and th- um, that was another thing they they shoehorned a message in there somewhere yes, about yes. about race yeah it was kind of like uh we're 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 all american then they finally get the chance to make their own country and then they were kind of like so you're gonna free all the slaves right and he was like oh uh, and then all these other, you know, things that are problems today start coming up, you know. So, yeah, yeah it did feel a little shoehorned in there at the end. But I think one thing that it does is by absurd, absurdly glorifying these people so highly, it, it does kind of, I'm thinking these comedians' eyes take them down a peg. Because, like... You've talked, I think, about it on the show before, or you just talked about it to me enough that I think you talked about it on the show, that you read the George Washington biography, and the right. more you read it, the more you felt like he was a dick, because the author kept on trying to apologize for him. Yeah, yeah. The The more I read it, the more I hated the man. Like, I, I know a lot of people are going to hear them, like, what the fuck? Okay, like, look at his fucking battle record. He did, like, two great things in the revolution. The only Okay, the one thing I will give him is he created an army out of farmers. Right. You yeah. know, there's there we went up against a legit army and held our ground. We won. Yeah. And there were some things about that that came from George Washington. 
But there were also a lot of huge blunders that he did because he wasn't really right. the greatest fucking general around at that time. And if you look up historians like top 20 to top 50 generals of all time, he barely makes the fucking list. Like <laughs> he, was, he wasn't that great of a general. He just did some good things and knew how to retreat across rivers really well. <laughs> but as a person, he sucked. Like he was a huge dick like i can't stand him he was a stoic motherfucker that's for damn sure but like his his attitude towards race there's a lot of moments in his biography where the the biographer was like yeah he didn't want slavery you know he he did think that the the system needed to end he just didn't want to do it and wanted to see the future country do it he you know he wanted that to be a future problem solved by other generations yeah because he didn't know how to live without slavery and he also benefited financially from it yeah, that doesn't course. make him a good person don't apologize for him for no. that like yeah it it makes me it made me mad that the the biographer so like so many times went out of his way to say how George Washington didn't like the system of slavery. If he didn't like the system of slavery, he would have fucking done something about it. He was George right. fucking Washington. People yeah. loved him back then. He had enemies of course in America, but like right. for the most part, especially after the revolutionary war, the American people were like fucking yeah, he's amazing. Right. Well, he's got a fucking platform. Why doesn't he do something about it? The abolitionists at the time did have Quite a bit of traction or friction, yeah. rather, against the Southern. I think they. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know at what point they became the Southern. I think at that point it was the Federalists and the um, Anti-Federalists. Is that right? No. Yeah. It, this movie just really made me mad because it was glorifying. You know, it makes him look like a dumbass. Like you know, he's kind of just right. like a goofy motherfucker. But like the problem is, there is a huge portion of this country. That are stupid enough that they'll watch that and be like, fuck yeah, Washington. Like, yeah, right. he was, yeah, that's him, right? Yeah, and he drinks beer. Yeah, he drank beer, and Lincoln was his brother, and they loved each other, and like, yeah. yeah. And don't believe what your freaking elementary school education tells you about fucking Washington. Like, actually yeah. look into it. There's yeah. way more to it than the crossing of the Delaware and the windings of the revolutionary. Anything that you live, learn in public school that has to do with history, especially. You should yeah. look it up because yeah. uh, it is a very narrow uh, – and, and it's not necessarily your teacher's fault. They they have no. a set curriculum set by the state for a yeah. lot of history classes. Like, they, they there's some electives they're allowed to teach, but especially with our country's history, uh, it, yeah. it, they have pretty select things. It. It is a little propagandized, guys, and and you know, it I'm is. Not, I'm not anti-American. I'm not going to say sit here and say that I'm patriotic because I'm not really either. But I feel very privileged to live in this country, especially because I happen to be white and male, and that, that yeah is unfortunate that that's how it works here. But I, I like what you're here saying too, because that's the problem is when you when you attack the system like that, people think it's unpatriotic and it's wrong. Yeah. No. It's more patriotic to understand what the, the, the worst qualities of your country are too, as right. well as the good qualities. You know, it's like we you need to, try to make know better. the bad and the good. Exactly. It's more patriotic to try to make this country a better fucking place than to keep it as as is. Because obviously as is isn't good. Right. You know, we can always strive for to be a better country. That's more patriotic, fuckers. I one hundred percent agree with you, and so does Paul Revere, so much oh, so God. that after he, after his horse Clyde died, he got Robocopped together with his horse and yeah. did some badass. I will give the animation a couple of points because there's some funny action scenes that at least I enjoy that were so goofy. I feel, I feel bad criticizing the animation because like it was good animation. Mm-hmm. But for for a lot of the action, it's it felt very swift. It didn't it didn't sure. feel you didn't see the action. It was just kind of like it happened, and it was just like what kind of like I blinked, blinked and I missed a lot of it. But I don't want to attack the 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 because like the artwork was nice and the animation is good. So another thing about this movie is that all of the men, especially the heroes, are jacked as fuck. Like 
They're just yeah. so huge in their waist, <laughs> so small. It, like it, it's definitely satire on masculinity a little bit too. But also, you have Martha Washington, who has just very stereotypical toothpick waist and giant bazongas. So it, it's definitely a movie made for people who like the silliest, raunchiest <laughs> comedy. They, I mean, they intentionally got everything wrong. That's that's yeah, part of what the movie was about. So I know, and what, I know everybody's yelling at me too because this was like, Greg, it was intentional this way. It's like I know it was intentional. I don't I, understand he knows it's intentional, why. Guys, it doesn't mean he has to like it. I yeah, I, I just I, don't. I don't okay. get the purpose of it. So here's my last argument before we get into my closing statements. Like here's my, the one thing I wanted to talk about was the writer. It's written by Dave Callahan, not Callahan, Callahan. Ham. We've talked about him before. Because here is a list of the the films I know him for, and here's why I'm a little worried about his future too. Because this is, this is one of the few that he's just wrote by himself that I recognized. He might have wrote The Expendables. There was a lawsuit because oh. there was another company. You know, the, it, so the way with the industry is, you know, most often bigger projects get rewritten a lot. So somebody will write it, somebody else will take that, rewrite it. And then I'll keep going down the line and more people will rewrite it. And, you know, you'll get, right. you'll get like the Disney films that are, we have like six or seven writers because they've tried to make this as perfect as possible and it looks ridiculous. And he, this is what he kind of specializes in, it seems like. But he apparently wrote a script of the expendables and it, he claimed credit for it or somebody gave him credit for it. And apparently he wasn't the one that the, the final film was actually based off of. I didn't research Ooh. it enough. There was just a lawsuit over it. Maybe he wrote the Expendables film. I don't remember. Maybe. Another thing he wrote. It's arguable. He wrote the story for Godzilla, the Blake Edwards, uh, the old 2014 one. So oh, he, okay. he wrote the story where, you know, Godzilla is not seen until like the last 20 minutes. <laughs> he was the rewrite or one of the rewrites for Ant-Man originally. Uh. That Originally, that was Edgar Wright. And if, yeah. if any of you follow me, if, if you followed my – uh, blog posts before we started this podcast. I was not a fan of the Ant-Man film. It wasn't bad. But the things that made me happiest with that film were the scenes that were very clearly written by Edgar Wright. But he got rushed off the film because he had uh, creative differences with the producers. They wanted him to tell a specific story and do specific things and he wanted to have full fucking control and they didn't right. give it to him. And he was apparently one of the rewrites for that. A lot of my issues with it was the writing of it didn't feel that great. There were some really bad comedy moments. I don't want to blame him. I'm sure I had other rewriters. Who knows? He also wrote Zombieland Double Tap, the the second Zombieland film. I never film. saw it. I never saw okay. it, so I can't say. I didn't, I didn't hate that one, but I was bored as fuck with it. It was – there wasn't a lot to it. It's it kind of seemed like thing. we're rehashing Zombieland. Yeah. Like there's there's more to it. There's a, there's a little bit of like tried to add story. I didn't laugh as much as the first one and, you know, found it quite boring honestly. Another one that he wrote and this is where we talked about him previously on the show. Wonder Woman 84. Ugh. He wrote that alongside uh, Patty, Jenkson, Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. He was That's one of those writers happened. on there. <laughs> and also Mortal Kombat with Greg Russo. Uh, well, now, we we enjoyed okay. Mortal Kombat, but we didn't enjoy the writing of Mortal Kombat That's because it, it, but it but the writing didn't need to be good on Mortal Kombat. That was the perfect right. kind of franchise for him. Well, yeah, so like I had no expectations for Mortal Kombat, so I felt like what they gave me was pretty good. Secret review of Mortal uh, Kombat. And all those other films that <laughs> Greeny just mentioned. <laughs> but he has I, – I can't remember what other film, but there are two films coming up that I was excited to see. Did he write Lamb? No. No, he did not write Lamb. Although, God, uh, it would be hilarious uh, if that was in uh, his repertoire. Uh, 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, check out the check out the trailer for Lamb and have yourself a very interesting two minutes. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's genius. I started just cracking up when I saw that in the theaters. Yeah, I did too. I did too. It was so good. It was a it's a trail. It was one of the trailers before Green Knight and uh, oh. L A M B Lamb, like the animal. Just look that up. It's so it'll, you you won't be dis- <laughs> well, you might be disappointed, but it, it'll, it'll be you hilarious might for me. Think differently of us. but but i'm i'm worried though because there were two films that were coming up that i was excited for but then i saw that dave callahan's name was attached to him he's attached to shang chi which apparently we've been saying that wrong apparently it's pronounced shang chi again i don't think he was the sole writer i think it was just another like rewrite situation maybe but he's also attached to into the spider verse 2 so a little worried because of his repertoire i don't i haven't really apparently liked dave callahan he hasn't really stuck out for me as uh his films in regards for his writing but who knows maybe he's got a turnaround but to go into my closing state with american uh, america the motion picture i fucking hated it i really hated it one star it's the that's the worst grade i've given any movie this year one star just no purpose like okay I get wanting to be absurd. That's fine. At the very beginning, they put based on true American history or whatever. It said based on actual history. Actual That's history. What it said. Guess what? Even though I know it's absurd and it doesn't need to do this, I think it would have been funnier if they had slapped on a loosely at the beginning of that. Loosely based on act- true history. Yeah. Like, again, I know that it's absurd and I know what its intentions were but there are actual idiots out there who won't get that and you're not helping the situation because those idiots are becoming the majority with every single day (laughs) i know what would have made it better for you then is if it said based on actual history and then a title faded in that said loosely and then another title that faded in says okay very loosely Because that would have made me laugh. Yeah, and another title fades in. It's just like, all right, who the fuck are we kidding? This is not at all based on history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't recommend this. I, you know, again, one star. The the only thing I enjoyed about it was the voice acting. I, I thought the the comedy was just not at all for me. It was just too. I can I can deal with absurd comedy. I love absurd comedy. But there was no point behind this. There was no purpose for it. And, you know, again, there is that they, – they, they shoehorned a message in, but it hadn't, hadn't at all been a theme in any way. Like, the, the only theme of it was the racist jokes they've been making through Samuel right. Adams throughout the yeah, whole film. Yeah, they just made the racist jokes uh, part of the message, which was weird. I could not stand it. And with all the big names attached to this, I guess it made them laugh. But for the most <laughs> part, I feel like their agents should have looked at this and been like, meh maybe don't join this project you know maybe we don't need this right now i just don't know i'm sure that there's people out there that are gonna love this though yeah so many of them i don't recommend it to your average viewer they're the ones who probably get more of a kick out of it though but i i for the very reason that it's just horrid like horribly inaccurate and yes that's the point we understand that's the point we've said it a thousand times but it, i i think that can honestly be dangerous like we've <laughs> We've already yeah. we're kind of at, at a point in our country, in particular, where misinformation has become the norm, and people like they'll latch on to who knows what because they're like, okay, that's contrary to what I've been told my entire life, and I'm being I'm questioning what I've been told my entire life. For me, I do think has a bit of a, a red flag. However, I really thought some of it was really funny, so I can't give it half a face. I, I it was that funny for me that I'm willing to let it slide into a full face. Oh, and man. also, if you're a big fan of history, <laughs> like I am, and also a, a fan of absurd, almost all of the stories I've written are absurdist stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> for that reason, I kind of connected with it a little bit. And I think that people who are big history fans who are looking for a laugh in this horrible world time, you could turn to this and have a good laugh. That's what I'll say about it. And you know, if it, if it had actually been a live action, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Because it would have been more like, like it would have been more like a Monty Python scene. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that could have been and fun. I would have, I would have enjoyed that. It could have been a, a hilarious gag kind of 
you know, gag comedy. It would have been a lot of fun. But yeah. being animated, it just it, it did not click with me in any fucking way. But it's I don't know, it's just one of those situations where it's like you have to think about how you want to present this film. And I, I feel like if it had been live action, maybe I would have been happy with it. Two and a half to three stars, but nope garbage i gotta tell you guys okay here's the story we watched both of these movies quite some time ago yeah we have been struggling to get to talk about these movies it has been mostly on my end and then we finally sit down and record this fucker and there's been a shit ton of technical issues in fact i've lost greg right now but i think we both talked about our closing statement so i'm gonna go ahead and say visit patreon.com slash green and faceless and that'd be really nice and yeah. I'm the Green Traveler. No, I'm not. He is. Are you? I'm the Faceless Leo. What the heck? <laughs> You're just taking me away from it, man. <laughs> now I Go have ahead. no face. Uh, now you have no face <laughs> and no home. <laughs> Same travels and good nights. You have usurped me, sir. <laughs> we didn't even, but we didn't. We didn't even declare a winner. Oh, we didn't declare a winner. Okay, I got him back. So. We'll just edit it so that that's the ending, okay? The Green Knight wins. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Green Knight obviously wins. Yeah. Oh, shit. Safe travels and good night. (laughs) Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.